This is The Straight Dope, episode 45, talking about stability. It's come up recently uh, in a number of different ways, and I thought it might be fun just to talk a little bit about um, some things that I've done and seen, and then some thoughts and tests that you might be able to uh, conduct yourself regarding rifle stability. So this is really like tools, tests, and thoughts on stability. I'm going to talk about slings, bags, and the use of different forces to control the rifle and not the tripod because I feel like that's been talked about a little bit too much recently. So let's just start off with slings. <clears throat> a couple of years ago, I started playing around extensively with slings because I thought that I'd be running around and I'd be carrying the rifle with a sling. And so why not get familiar with ways to stabilize? And and most of you have seen, you know, the, the sling around, wrapped around the arm, applying a bunch of torque to the stock or to the chassis and the amount of tension that's required and different techniques regarding um, stabilizing, the rifle, stabilizing the rifle with a sling. And that type of positional shooting, um, and I, I'm not even sure if you would call it offhand with a sling. I probably would just call it offhand with a sling. Um, I found, at least you know, with, with the tests that I had done, that rifle weight played a big role in that. And obviously, the lighter it was from a competition rifle, the easier it was to hold up and maintain stability up to a point. And then if it was too light, uh, it was also hard to mess around with. And it seemed to me like around between six and eight pounds, it was like perfect with a sling to be able to anchor it. But I also found that there was kind of a limiting factor in terms of that predictable stability. So you could get, you know, maybe a four inch wobble down to two inch wobble. I, I did. I could get like a four inch wobble down to a two inch wobble, maybe even right around one inch, but you never really get better than that. And the harder I tried, the bigger the wobble got again. And so it, it was kind of like if you take like a capital A, like if you if you draw a capital A, and then that top little part of the triangle with the horizontal mark, you know, you inverted that on top, almost like a teepee. And and then you tilted it on its side. I feel like, you know, you've got this this big spectrum of offhand wobble, and, and as you as you gain stability, it gets towards that crossover point, that X. But then at some point you cross over that and it starts to open back up again. And with a sling, i I just personally found that the rifles that I was using were either too heavy to hold up for a long period of time or too difficult to consistently apply the right amount of torque, but I do think it's worth talking about because it's a skill that's worth knowing how to do because depending on your level of accuracy that's required, it could be a great way to get a very stable, very fast shot, especially if you're kneeling or seated. Um, it's, it's amazingly fast and stable enough to take a pretty good shot. You know, I mean, if I had, if, if, if I had two inches of, of leeway, you know, I'd feel comfortable taking a slinged seated or uh, kneeling shot with a sling because two inches, like I could maintain two inches uh, in under those circumstances, uh, but not standing, right? Stand, my, my, actually, my standing offhand kind of sucks. Um, I was shown a trick by Jacob Bynum about where you attach the slings and it even provide a little bit more. So if, if you traditionally, like a right-handed shooter would put the sling on a stud, um, a lot of the swivel stud, it could be on the bottom or it could be on the left side. Like a lot of chassis have, have uh, holes on the left and right. So if you put the sling on the left and then it goes around on the buttstock, 
and you hold it up and you torque your arm up, a lot of times that rifle will kind of cant a little bit to the left towards the thumb. And then that uneven grip, you could have a little bit of torque um, that could influence the shot. But it, so, so if you're anticipating that and you take that front swivel stud and you move it to the right side, now with the torque that you have on your arm, it actually pulls it into your, your fingers rather than your thumb. And it's, and it's a lot easier to maintain that vertical position of the rifle using that sling. And I have some rifles-only slings that work remarkably well. I, I prefer the carbine sling to the precision rifle sling, but the precision rifle sling, you can do the cuff kind of method that you see some people doing. And I, that, that's okay, but, but I, I, I actually like to just wrap my arm kind of around and under and I feel like that is relatively stable. Now, the most stable shooting that I found with the sling is um, the the at least the rifles. A lot of them have like little cobra buckles or 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 buckles that you can unclip so that the sling kind of detaches into two parts. Now, on a post or a branch or a tree or a wall, if you actually just unclip that sling and use it to cinch the rifle down onto something, almost like uh, if your rifle's on the left side of a post and you unclip the, the, the sling part and you wrap that sling around a post and cinch it tight, it anchors it like clipping into an arca rail. And so I got really creative and practiced unclipping and wrapping the sling around tree branches, around posts, even on the corner of a wall such that you could create tension by putting the rifle up against something and then wrapping or pushing that sling. If the sling's on the left side of the rifle and I wrap the sling around the back of something and to the right and push it forward, you kind of vice the front of the rifle in and you could get essentially, um, you know, the, the same level of precision doing that as you can from bipods and, and rear bags and so on and so forth. If you have that opportunity, unclipping the sling and just and just anchoring that sling onto something provides um, massive levels of support, right? As, as rock solid as a bipod or clipping it into a tripod. Uh, and, you know, I, I would say that, you know, if you're looking for sub-inch accuracy, that'll do it. Um, and so messing around with slings for stability is uh, fun but I think that for precision, that torque method is, is way better than just wrapping your arm around and doing the traditional offhand shooting. I can't really um, imagine too many scenarios where you would really be shooting offhand, you know, not have access to, um, you know, in, in a bolt gun context, a precision bolt gun context, you, usually time is on your side because you've got distance and that's, that's why you're using that platform. Uh, I could see it with a with a carbine, absolutely, and in a medium range. But a precision long range rifle usually have a little bit of time to negotiate your position, and as a result, having a sling is great. I, and and I think having a sling is a huge advantage because of that torque stability factor, not the traditional old school wrap your arm around it stability factor. That's cool to be able to do, but you need a relatively you know a larger target because you're going to be giving up some precision with that. I'm sure some people will argue, but I would I would definitely like to see somebody shooting offhand with a sling, mash level of precision and speed as somebody using that sling in a torqued method or just dropping down prone or just whipping out a tripod, setting the tripod up and starting to shoot. I think the balance of precision and accuracy, all, you know, to me, seems like it's going to lead towards 
that other stuff. On the other hand, practicing with the sling is invaluable. And I encourage you guys to get, if you have a sling, try that torque method and try, you know, detach. And if it doesn't have uh, a buckle or a way for you to clip to separate the front and back, just undo the back and use that sling as a torque to, to torque it onto something. And you'll see that it's remarkable in its ability to produce stability and then, you know, your, your body's going to be providing the rear stability. But again, it's, it's a, an awful lot like sliding the Arca rail forward on a tripod and having that left arm, your support arm, forward and extended and your body behind it. It's really not any different than that. And you can do it um, just as fast or faster than setting up the tripod if you have something to anchor that sling to by wrapping it around and creating torque. And you can do that with uh, carbine as well. In fact, a lot of my sling work and a lot of my, my testing of different uh, stability factors I've done with carbines because I really like shooting carbines and, 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 and I always have slings on my carbines. So did a lot of the tests and it's the same thing. Like that torque factor is really good and it's fast and it's, it's versatile and it provides a level of precision that you just can't get under stress, strain, and speed as an offhand shot. On the other hand, you're the one that needs to judge whether you've got the luxury of a bigger target and you need to get it fast or not. So that's the sling stability discussion. Now bags uh, have been brought up and, and Frank and I talked about bags in terms of their squish factor and having different fill and having different um, layers of bags. And, and my suspicion is that people are using bags in a number of ways that are are, are, are kind of working against them. And so I, I just want you to go out and test your use of the bags based on the fill and the response that they have to recoil. So, uh, you know, right now, most bags are filled with three things. Um, like a silica sand is the heavy bag, and then like a polymer bead is the medium heavy bag, and Git Light is the light bag. Now, a while back, I did a test between the heavy bag and the Git Light bag, and I noticed that my Git Light bag was about one-tenth uh, bigger in terms of like high volume shooting over multiple sessions, many, many rounds. You know, for me, it was about a tenth bigger, but that tenth bigger uh, is totally worth it considering that I don't have to carry around five, six extra pounds of a, of a heavy, heavy bag. So, you know, I tend to carry around a light, get light bag. I really like it. It's stable. It's fast. There's a small amount of wobble, but but considering where shooting is at and that I can improve my shooting and make up for that tenth of wobble with the bag, I prefer to carry a light bag to a heavy one. Also, when the silica sand gets wet, it doesn't settle very nicely and it really does kind of pop and settle under recoil. So if it got wet, uh, you're, you're potentially going to have settling issues with the sand. And it's very heavy. It's very stable. And people really like it. Dry firing off it is really nice. Shooting off barricades is really nice. But I do think there could potentially be issues if you don't settle the bag, really push it in, shake and rock that rifle into that sand. Particularly if it got wet, you might have some issues with point of impact shifts as that silica uh, releases and re-grabs onto itself because of the moisture in it. Now, I kind of separate bags into two types. One is the support bag, like a game changer. And, and, and whatever, you know, I kind of call them all game changers, even though there's lots of different types. Uh, and then filler bags. The filler bags, I think, are 
you know, they're good for filling dead space, right? And you want to kind of try to fill dead space if you've got mechanical wobble in your position. And, and, and most of us have a certain amount of wobble to ourselves, and you really notice it when it's windy. But if you get into a kneeling position, your body is not necessarily immovable object, right? You're not a mountain like a kung fu master. You're wobbling a little bit. And if you can lean back or sit on a bag, that helps you be more stable. And obviously, at the rear of the rifle, a human hair size movement is causing, you know, maybe an inch at the target. So, you know, you're talking about movements that you may or may not be able to feel having an impact on the point of impact shift. And so if you could be more stable, great. Sit on your bag, sit on a filler bag, have a puff pillow or something like that. What I, but what I do see effects on and, and, and kind of profoundly is how people are using both of these bags, uh, I think filler bags are great when you use it to support like your body or a position. But the key here is is what you know. I I, I think probably Phil Vallejo uh, is is where I initially heard of the, the the it called the bridge. But it's a technique that a lot of shooters use. Is is when you when you connect with the rifle, lift the buttstock up and connect it to you and then drop down. But you want the rifle supported by your body, not the bag. And so if you just put the rifle on the bag and sit it down when it shoots, it's gonna the material's gonna settle a little bit. And keep in mind, you're talking about it settling the amount of a human hair to have it move an inch. That's not very much. And so that minuscule movement of the sand, it's gonna happen. If your rifle is sitting on a bag, you're not going to squeeze it at a tension that's going to be consistent enough shot after shot after shot. Now, if you bridge with your rifle and you, you, you connect it with your chest or wherever your shoulder pocket or whatever the hell your buttstock touches up against, or you're doing like the Midwest uh, free recoil where you're, you're leaning your whole body into your scope mount, but you're not touching the buttstock of the rifle, but you're still providing a shit ton of force forward into the bag from the, the scope rings, um, that's providing a bridge, right? And I like to think of it with the body as a recoil management thing. So if you connect it to your chest or your shoulder pocket and then you lower down into it and you've got a solid connection with your rifle and as you move your body, the buttstock moves. And so you stop the vertical and some of the side to side with a bag, but your body is supporting it, right? And then the bag there is an accessory, is complementing what you're doing, but it's not a rest for your rifle, right? It's not the exclusive support factor. And then you jump on and just kind of get behind it a little bit. Cause if you jump on, then you're pushing down on the buttstock. And then when it recoils, it's going to do that even more, right? Your sight picture is going to go way above the target and that's going to be hard to replicate. So you're going to have to squish the bag back up and then you're going to have to get on there and you could have point of impact shifts. So how you use those bags really does matter. And the fill that's in it if you're using the, you know, the bag as a support for the rifle rather than a, a, a stabilizer and your body is the support, that feels going to have a big influence on point of impact shift and how you use it, particularly like the softer ones with the filler bags and uh, sand could be an issue in that regard. So check out how you're using your bags and separate the ones that you use for kind of rear support stability or prop support stability, and then the puffy ones that aren't meant to necessarily hold up your rifle, but rather provide some um, element of wobble reduction in you and your position, and, and then you'll see an increase in, in um, 
you'll see an increase in stability, and that increase in stability will be something that you can replicate. And replicating stability is a sign that you're getting closer to the goals that you want to be able to do, which is shoot where you aim. And so I think that thinking about bags in terms of their stability factor and how you use them, and then shooting them on paper, measuring the differences that you see, and then kind of mentally making note of the techniques that you use one bag or another for, and really start to, to detail and hash out, like create a grid, like I use this bag for this stuff, I use these bags for this stuff. And you'll see that, that as your technique gets refined, A, you need fewer bags, but B, you understand what not to do with them because the things, because you've shot enough paper to know, gosh, if I do this, I, I kind of like my group opens up to an inch and a half. Or um, if I, you know, and that, and that might be acceptable, but it, but it might not. And as you're trying to get closer to your precision goals, because we're talking about precision rifle, uh, the use of that equipment really does uh, have an influence on the accuracy and precision and the repeatability of that accuracy and precision. All right. So now force. Force is something that you don't talk a lot about, but you see it a lot with carbine shooters. Like when you see somebody do their VTAC drills and they're really slamming the carbine up against the barricade and they're using their hand, not only in a C clamp on the rifle, but, but holding the barricade and clamping the rifle onto the barricade or up against a wall or up against a corner, or up, up against something, but you're, you're kind of using force to jam the rifle to a position of stability. And just kind of like that TP model, you know, you've got instability, and that instability is characterized by your kind of offhand shooting capability, right? A big, basically a big group. And as you increase stability, that group gets smaller, 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 smaller. And then as you apply force, Right, that force factor could be, it could increase the, the precision, but at some point that force is going to induce wobble. And what I mean by that is if, let's say you take like a, a broomstick or something, or a two by four, and you lean it up, you know, you put it out against a wall in front of you and you lean into that, it's, it's probably not just, well, a two by four has got a big flat surface, so you might be able to lean against it and have it not wobble. But, but if you apply enough force with your body into something that's relatively narrow, you know, you're going to have wobble. And we're talking about wobble. That, I'm not talking about like, you know, vibrating, you know, like you're trying to do a plank for a long time. I'm talking about the wobble that, that would create like hair size movement in the buttstock. Very, very, very small amounts of movement, maybe a hundredth, um, hundredth of an inch. And that wobble, uh, you know, from a hundredth of an inch to more is going to be opening up your group more than what we consider precision rifle shooting. And so the the context of force here needs to be kind of taken with a, a grain of salt and your expectations. But I have found that if all you have is a bipod and a rifle, don't have a rear bag, don't have a sling, but, but it definitely helps to have a sling. Um, if you apply force against something, often you can reduce that wobble factor and start to get more precision. But it, you kind of reach this limiting factor where the force induces more wobble the more force you get. So you got to play with it. But if you jam a bipod forward into a barricade, it's going to stabilize to a certain extent. And you've got to play with the amount of pressure that your body's putting against the rifle forward to reduce it, but too much, and you're going to have to wobble factor again. Now, you can stabilize your arm against the prop next to it 
and reduce that wobble factor. But at some point, uh, it's going to open itself back up. And you need to be able to see how much you can do that and maintain precision. But I was very surprised, and, and I've, I have done extensive testing with my carbine and my bolt guns to see that I can achieve a pretty good level of precision. Now, for me, pretty good is an inch. I can use force to jam a rifle against an object and still shoot about an inch, which now I, I want my rifle to shoot better than that. I want to shoot better than that. And the more I practice, I, li- I literally cannot drop. I, I would, or, or yeah, yeah, I'll say an inch, but let's say inch to inch and a half. And then I could usually shoot like three quarters of an inch to an inch um, from, from all positions, you know? So, um, you know, it's about double my ideal kind of multi-position shooting groups. Uh, if you consider point of impact shifts and, and, and that group from my point of aim. So could I do it on a 2MOA target? Yeah, I probably don't want to because I'll have to be really good at calling wind. But if I have a good wind call, let's say to two miles an hour, I could shoot a 2MOA target with, with using the force method. If the target's smaller than two MOA or the wind is 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 not readable to two miles an hour, I'm going to miss the target sometimes using the force method because I can't get my level of precision like I can without that. But it might appear that you don't have wobble, but the problem is on recoil you get point of impact shifts and you, you do just you get a slight movement, and that movement might be something that you can't feel as strongly as as, as something else, but. If you pay attention and you shoot groups like that, you'll be able to see. Now, you could jam the bipod forward. You could jam the, the, the chassis up against something. Um, and you can even pull back on the bipod. But you're using the parts of the rifle to secure it, to wedge it, like jamming the magwell up against something and trying to use force to keep it from moving and you could do that in reverse, too. You could pull back on your bipods, or you could slide your bipods back so that they're sandwiching the front of an object, and the magwell is, is pinching the back of that object. And you can have minimal wobble in, 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 like an, in a felt sense, but that also manages recoil so that you maintain sight picture, but the level of precision does go down a little bit. Right? With practice, I can't quite achieve the level of stability that I would up using, you know, maybe a, a bag as a rest or bipods as a rest, but that force factor it works for sure. And I was very surprised. And I like knowing that I have that as an option, and that I can maintain accuracy. Right, I, I don't have the biggest point of impact shift like I would shooting from a sling, uh, you know, offhand. But I also don't have the level of precision and accuracy that I get using the more the more stable factors. But I, I think it's well worth testing out. You know, maybe take dedicate 20 rounds and go do like the jam factor test and see how that influences. You know, if you're shooting a decent craft group, uh, go out and test jamming it without a bag at all. Like say, I'm going to go to the range today, I'm going to shoot some drills. I'm not going to use a bag, but I'm going to use force to anchor myself to the rifle and to try to pinch the bipod and the magwell or, you know, whatever so that... Um, the object itself absorbs some of that recoil. It's not ideal, but you do have a, a fixed and, 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 and an obvious zone of accuracy and precision 
that you could use to to make judgment calls as to whether uh, you know the philosophy of use for whatever you know if if you found yourself needing to take a shot is that within the parameters of an acceptable shooting group that you might need be able to take like I think I think that's worth having at your disposal and it's worth knowing and having the confidence of paper that you can do that so try slings I I really encourage you to go out and try that alternative. Uh, torque method of the sling, you know, like the force method. Now, with the force method, if you have a sling around, you know, your your one of your shoulders and your neck, like you you know you're carrying the rifle, and you use that to stabilize. Now you've got an added factor of stability, so that and you can you can expand the torque out laterally on the on the sling while you're jamming it and use that sling and torque it while you're pushing forward. And, and you can reduce the size of just the torque method. Um, and if you don't have something to torque the sling around, you could torque it off of yourself and, and gain a little bit of, uh, precision to that level of accuracy. But if you have a cheap stock or a cheap chassis, if you provide too much torque onto that, you'll induce point of impact shifts in the system itself. And so you need to know that before you go out and do it by shooting paper. So I think that the most accurate in terms of stability for me is shooting off a, shooting off a good shooting bag, right? Or a bag and a bipod. Um, now, the, 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 the most stable there is, and this is something to pay attention to because I've seen shooters do it, but, but I want you to think about You've got your mag magazine and your magazine well, right? The mag well. And then you've got the bottom where the arca rail is or whatever the bottom is of the chassis or st- stock, you know, underneath the barrel where you put would put the bag, right? Some people say they want the balance point of your rifle a couple inches forward of the mag well. That's right where you would put it. But sometimes you see people rest their rifle. They'll do like the karate chop, right? You put the bag down, you karate chop your rifle. But they don't push the rifle forward and jam the mag well or the magazine into the bag. Now, if I do it with my Voodoo, I can't shoot it, right? And so sometimes you gotta you have to tune or tweak the 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 chassis to be able to put a little bit of pressure on the magazine, or you'll get misfeeds. But if you have your rifle resting on a bag, that's a certain amount of stability. But if you've got it pushed forward, now it's not only pushing down, but you've got stability of an L shape of the magazine and the magwell pushing into the, the same bag from the top and the back. Now, a little bit of forward pressure, wherever that's coming from, is not only going to hold it stable on the top of the bag, but the back of the bag. And so that's going to reduce the wobble by a substantial amount, right? That's the most stable position in terms of bag shape. I'm not talking about getting prone and just having a bipod on the ground and whatever, but, but if you're shooting off a bag... You definitely want the pinch of the magazine or the magwell and the bottom of the rifle because now you've got top and rear support of that, and that reduces the wobble by a massive amount. The torque method with the sling, I can get the same stability as that, but it's tricky because you got to be able to torque the sling around something. Then the force method with a sling is the next, you know, that's the third level of stability that I've found. Is and it's pretty good. Like it's it's getting close to that torque method. If you have a sling around your body and you're pushing it, the rifle into something, if you have good quality rifle and rifle stock that's not inducing point of impact shifts. Now carbines, 
because of the design of some carbines, if you put torque into that, uh, into bipods or the handguard, sometimes you can induce point of impact shift because of the flex on the barrel nut. But, um, but a good carbine won't do that. And then uh, a precision carbine anyway. And then we're talking about like using the sling and the arm wrap method for like seated and kneeling as, as being pretty good in terms of stability. And then probably the least stable would be offhand and then offhand with a sling. And, and uh, I know some shooters are great with that in the, the NRA silhouette shooting. Those guys are remarkable just shooting offhand. And, and it's something that I'm working on, but I'm not good at it yet. And, I, and, I, and I, would, I would wager to say that most people would agree that a standing offhand shot is probably the least reliable with the biggest wobble. Uh, yes, it's skill. It's absolutely a skill. But it's not something that precision rifles are meant necessarily to do. And so it's probably not the skill that most of us want to invest a lot of time and ammo practicing. There's probably a time and a place for it, but there are different rifles for that, different competitions and different outlets for that. Within the use of the rifles that we're talking about, I want to, I want to say that for precision long-range rifle, uh, sling use is great, but I'm probably going to use it kneeling and seated. But most likely, I'm going to find something to build a better position with because of the nature of a precision rifle. I'm going to have time and opportunity more so than I would like with a with a closer range carbine. In which case, I'm just going to shoot the stupid thing offhand, right? And I'm pretty good offhand with a carbine. I'm not very good just standing offhand with a bolt gun. Uh, but but uh, it's that that that's something that I've neglected a lot. But anyway, that's my stability talk. I think that, that there's a lot of stuff in there that if you juiced and practiced, you would see a lot of gains. And then you'd be able to problem solve a little bit faster because being able to access what you need at a level of precision that's acceptable, having more tools is very, very helpful. And so having more tools and being able to understand the level of accuracy and precision that you're able to assume with those methods, sometimes Sometimes good enough is all you need. And sometimes, you know, because there's other things that you need to do, other positions, and you've got a limited amount of time to do it. So if you know you can hit something doing it one way, and it's faster, and it's acceptable, you do it and move on. And so uh, play around with those slings, different bag use, and the use of force, and try to figure out whether you're too dependent on one or another. Because if, if you're super, super dependent on your sand-filled medium bag, I think it would help and it would teach you a lot about recoil management, the precision of your rifle and and a lot of things to, to kind of like uh, wean yourself off of that bag, not necessarily because you won't use it when the time is right, but to show you like, man, you know, let's just pretend. Um, and I, I've actually had this happen at a competition where my 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 bag fell forward, but it rolled down like a hill that was pretty steep, and, and I would time out if I had to go get the bag and then climb back up and go get it, right, because there's rocks and a steep hill, and it was like man, 10 or 12 feet down, and, and it was it's like, okay, what can you do without a bag? And you go ahead and shoot because you know you can do it. So there's a, there, there is a time and a place, and a lot of times it's not ideal, but knowing what you can do and maintain that level of precision and accuracy without ideal equipment requires you go to the range and you test it out. And I would test it out on paper so that you've got quantifiable proof to yourself that you can maintain a certain level of precision and accuracy before you go out and start shooting. And, and then um, 
you know, build out from there and, and see what you can do. So that is it. Uh, if you like this, like, subscribe, share, hit up Riflecraft, check everything out over there, and start logging some targets. Till next time.